Hey, welcome to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I am so excited for today's show for a lot of reasons. But one of the biggest reasons is I get to meet Rudy, Rudy Rudiger, the man they named the uh, movie after. Rudy is on the show today, and we were at Notre Dame at two separate times, and he's going to tell you his story of how he got to Notre Dame and how the movie was made and how he had to fight to get this, you know, just to get it all done. But just, you know, that movie's made millions. It came out in 1993. That movie's made millions because it's inspired millions. It's inspired millions to achieve. And it's just not athletes that are inspired by it. It's everybody. It's moms and dads and kids. And and it's everybody and it's international, which is so cool. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Rudy. You're one of 14 kids, so you've been a fighter your whole life. You had to fight your way to the table probably just to get some dinner. But it's so exciting. So I'm not going to waste another second. Let's go get another rep with Rudy Rudiger. Welcome, Rudy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You're one of 14 kids, so where are you in the mix? I'm number three, actually. Uh, three's not a bad spot to be. <laughs> you can actually get out of the house much quicker. Well, <laughs> and you probably got you got more food, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, You're... it's funny. As you, I got to go to the Navy... Why everybody was in school, so I yeah. missed a lot of the activities of my brothers winning championships in wrestling. Oh, my yeah. one brother was a four-time state champion. My other brother was two-time state champion, and, and my seven other boys and seven girls, right? The seven girls, correct? Wow! All right. Any of them? Any other of them go to Notre Dame? No, I don't. No, just you. <laughs> So you went to the Navy, and you were in the Navy for two years, I think? Yeah, during Vietnam, then they had a cutback, and then they cut all your uh, – if you had if you were a four-year guy, you can get out in two. Uh, they were just cutting back, so I took advantage of it, got my GI Bill and all my benefits, and we were happy. Headed off to Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame was uh, – they had just transitioned from an all-boys school, right, to co-ed? Well, yeah, in 72 when I went to Holy Cross. Um, Holy Cross was, is the junior college right across the, the junior streets. college. You were letting girls in. It was an all-boys school. Holy Cross was too? Uh, no, uh, Notre Dame. Then they let started letting girls in, and that was the other challenge to get to Notre Dame was uh trying to squeeze in there before they let a girl in i had transfer (laughs) so it became a real challenge but it worked yeah how many times did you try to get into notre dame before they oh three times but i knew all the rejections were coming because i committed four semesters yeah and uh but you have to do that in order to build relationships with the university there you go. Yeah. Uh, and you knew when you go, when you got your rejection letter, you didn't ask why you asked, what more can I do? And that helped the process. Oh, there you go. For all you uh, people that want to get into Notre Dame or any other college, that's good information right there. What else yeah, can you do? What yeah. more can I do? And the guy would say, well, if you do this and you come back, you know, then you, then they like you. Then they see that you have character. Yeah. Plus, you're in the military. They, they saw that was an advantage too. In the what military. was your job in the Navy? I was a maintenance data collection system 
yeoman, they call it. We collected okay. all the data for all the maintenance. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. So did you, you just didn't desire to stay in the Navy because it was wartime or did you were, your heart was just on, Hey, I'm, I'm getting out of here and I'm going to Notre Dame. Well, when they gave, well, yeah, when they gave the opportunity to leave, uh, the cutback president Nixon mm -hmm. start cutting back. He didn't have a choice. You had to go. Yeah. Uh, and, but, uh, my whole thing was, what do I do? I had to go back to work, back to the Commonwealth Edison, go back to work. But I got job promotions while I was in the Navy because of union. Yeah, right. Better pay, job promotion. So I stayed there another year until I realized it's not what I want, but how are you going to do it? I didn't yeah. have the grades or the skill or the money to go there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuses again, right? <laughs> Eliminate the excuse. You got the GI Bill. Okay, great. Uh, the grades, junior college was the answer. There you go. By showing up at South Bend, this is after my friend died on the job, I kind of took off, went towards Notre Dame and uh, found out the answer, the junior college. There you now, go. If I didn't make that move, I would never saw the junior college as an opportunity. So I saw the junior college, went over to the little, this is wild. There's only a hundred and some kids in that junior college. Really? The guy sitting behind the desk was in the Navy. Oh, there you go. So we had a relationship and he just gave me, hey, here's what we need to do. He didn't care about my past. He said, here's what we need to do. Four semesters and we're going to get you to parallel courses and we're going to make this happen. He was excited like I was excited. That's cool. That's so cool. Well, that's how, it, you know, that's how you connect. You got to have some kind of a connection with somebody to help you along the way so but that connection comes through the want to that's right the why you have the why but do you have the want to are you willing to do whatever it takes i love that coach i say that to my players all the time yeah whatever it takes to win and leave no doubt yeah and, no. and you had that attitude and i got that when i was in sports in high school from gordy gillespie wonderful yeah. coach yeah but he was never, he, he was in a power type of, he always empowered your thoughts. Yeah. Even if you made a mistake, ah, Rudy, don't worry about it. You're better than that. You'll get it. You know, what position did you play in high school? <laughs> Offensive guard always went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Uh, I was a tough little guy. Yeah. And, and you learn the energy of the players, energy yeah. of the offense. And the defense, I was linebacker on defense, so I always read energy. That was a skill, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely, that's a skill. So you get to Notre Dame, and is Dan Devine is the first coach that you played under, no, right? Era Parsegian. Oh, Era? And yeah, then Dan came in. Yeah, Era just won a national championship. Okay. When I wanted to transfer in and – I got my final rejection letter. Now I'm waiting for my acceptance letter. But before I get that, I'm going to go over and tell Eric I'm going to go play football for him. Yeah. That's how I met Eric. I met him at 6 a.m. in the morning as he pulled up to his office. He jumps out of his car, walking toward the door, and I'm, I kind of froze. and well, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And all of a sudden, Simon said, just keep moving, Rudy. I said, hey, coach. <laughs> and he looked. He said, what's up? I said, I want to go to Notre Dame and play football. He said, what? 
He said, you want to play football for Notre Dame? Where are you? What do you do now? Yeah. I'm at Holy Cross and I'm going to be here next year. And I want to let you know, I'm going to be here. He said, Whoa, you're in the Navy, huh? Yeah. I told him that. So, yeah. so was I. That's how we talked about. It. Okay. There you go. We didn't talk about football. Because if he did, he probably would have rejected me. What did he do in the Navy? Do you remember? Yeah, he was in the Navy. He served in the same areas I served in. He said, hey, look, when you get in next year, you just come and see us. Wow. They don't allow junior walkouts. No, I know. No. I know. And he said, no, no, you come and see us. And I showed up, say, hey, Eric said I could come out and try out, you know. And he remembered that crazy kid that walked in my office. He remembered, yeah, huh? A Navy kid. Yeah, let him in. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's funny. He didn't recognize me. He had a son, and Mike was the same size as I was. He always got us to well, Aaron wasn't tall. He was he was not that tall. He was five seven, five eight. Yeah, so you're about the same size as he was. Yeah, and Mike has sound great. He's a doctor today. Okay. But Mike was on the team and we kind of looked alike stature wise. And and uh I remember when I got hit one day, he come walking by. Say, you all right, kid? I said, yeah, coach. He said, hey, I know you. You're that kid. You from the Navy, right? Said, yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad to see you here. So that kept me going. Yeah. You know, little things like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So those little moments pay off. Absolutely. They all add up, right? So what was I the do. biggest difference between Era and Dan Devine in their coaching? Uh, Era was more hands-on. Uh, Divine was hands off. Really? Uh, yeah. Divine allowed his coaches to coach. Error, mm. uh, <laughs> he kind of micromanaged. Yeah. And uh, he had a lot, he had a good sense of humor. He had a lot of fun. Every Thursday would do a goofy skit to put everybody together. Yeah. But, uh, he had a lot of fun with the coaches and players and scout teams. So he was a micromanager. You couldn't, he was like your dad. He knew everything you were doing. That's cool. Yeah. What was your biggest rival back then, coach? Because like when I was there with Coach Holton, it was, uh, yeah, it's always USC, right? It was, yeah, uh, when I was with Coach Holtz at Notre Dame, it was Catholics versus convicts. Yeah, but that was. That, USC yeah, that was, was in the mix too, because we had a huge fight on the field at the USC in, in uh, our home stadium in the, uh, end zone the, the touchdown jesus ends i was there for that game i was i was in the tunnel that was mayhem i was in the tunnel and i yeah. got kicked did you yeah a lot of people got kicked i got <laughs> kicked right where you didn't want to get kicked <laughs> hey i don't and, think you want to get kicked anywhere by some no, I, I don't know man it was a bad position to be in but yeah, i was there for that that was a, i moved back to south bend in 86 okay to uh nurture the movie idea with notre dame yeah yeah but they didn't want anything to do with it no well i'm glad they did it <laughs> yeah, yeah a well, lot of other people are a, glad uh, they did it too it, it took uh it was all timing right yeah right relationships again yeah and i brought in a studio i brought in the director and writer and uh father beauchamp liked the idea because they were looking for a distraction at that time. Yeah. There was something going on at Notre Dame they didn't like, but they wanted it. So the movie distracted that part of it. Well, but it was good, good publicity for Notre Dame, too. I think the only other movie they had ever filmed on campus was like New Rockney's movie. They never filmed that on campus. They didn't? So no. yours was the only one? Only one. Oh, 
Wow, that's yeah. so cool. We shot 98% of the movie on campus in 32 days. Wow. Yeah. Were, were you in like um, interested in movies or producing I was. or anything I, before I got, that? Yeah, I got, that's how I got, I saw the movie Rocky. Yeah. I got intrigued by the message of that movie. Okay. And I said, wow, I, I'd love to do something like that. Um, but how? How do you yeah. do it? Yeah. So sometimes you don't need the how. You need to go out there and just find out how. You know? <laughs> that's right. And that's what I did for 10 years out in Holly. I kept going back and forth, back and forth. Well, um, what were you doing for a living? You can't just I was keep... in the insurance industry. Oh, okay. But error, listen, error sent me to one of his kids that had an insurance company in Chicago. His name was Pat Ryan, one of the richest guys in America. Now. Wow. Yeah. He donates the football field at Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, he did all the renovations there at Northwestern. He's a big guy. I didn't know he was that big. So I just show up, say, hey, coach sent me. He said, you could use a guy like me. <laughs> he said, what's your experience? Uh, and what? <laughs> They're in the car industry, right? I said, what, what kind of experience are you looking for? He said, ah, don't worry about it. He said, we'll figure this out. But that's because of the era connection. That's right. The, that's uh, right. Credibility again. And hey, it, you know, a lot of times you don't need to know what you think to know. You learn the job while you're there. Yeah. And, and but preparation, I'm not saying that's the way to do it. That's the way I had to do it. Right. Right. I'm a misfit. When it comes <laughs> to uh, I, you know, I, I get inspired. I go for it. A lot of people say, how do you get a dream? I don't. I get inspired. Yeah. By a feeling or a thought. Just like, why would I want to go to football practice and get beat up? That's uh, right. You were five, you're five, six, the, five, seven, something like that. Yeah, I got inspired by the tradition. Yeah. Uh, just hanging around uh, the team and being in the locker room, that inspired me. I didn't care if I ever played. But the more you practice, the more you realize you could at least play. That's right. It's like a drug, right? It, it you, is. Once you get in there and you get that adrenaline going, you're like, I can yeah, do this. And I, and I, I found this. out, you know what, I'm not, I'm just... Even though you were a walk-on and you're, they used you, I mean, we didn't have the inside practice facilities at the time. We practiced no. in the cold. Yeah, right. And, and the walk-ons were, they wouldn't use us. You would just sit there. You go yeah. through personal, the personal drills. Yeah, the individual drills at the beginning the of practice. Bit, and that's it. Yeah. And yeah. every now and then, ah, whatever. So you'd be standing over there freezing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyhow... Just being part of that in the locker room and building friendships and being part of the team. But they wouldn't let you be part of that team either. They they let you know you're not part of this football team yet. Is that right? So how'd you get game. into that? How'd you get into the fraternity? How'd you get well, to where they actually played you in a game? You break that vernacular, right? Here's yeah. what you do. You just keep going out there. You keep showing up. You keep getting up. And you keep showing up. And you keep getting up. Yeah. All of a sudden they say, this guy is crazy. We got to keep you around, man. Yeah. He said, we need more heart like you and our players. Right. Keep, keep wiping the snot and the blood off your nose and you just keep. Oh, running. man. It's that, you know, uh, during that time, you, 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 you know, they wouldn't let us have water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. right? Like, wow. Yeah. You could have a civil lawsuit nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And when you think of the, uh, I can go on and on. My bell was rung so many times, but I'm okay. Yeah. Jeez, uh, a couple of my buddies. Yeah, we had those suspension helmets. No, mm-hmm. those suspension helmets were so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, the ones they give walk-ons don't even fit you. Right? <laughs> but they had, uh, when I was going to Holy Cross, one of the things that did help me, they had uh, uh, tackle football at Notre Dame for inner hall football. Yeah. And I became, so that kind of prepped They me. still do that? They did that when I was yeah, there. Intramural football was full 11 on now. 11 tackle football, which was Yeah, they crazy. got regular coaches now and everything. Yeah, I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Now that I, helped. I was like, what are they doing? Is this some high school practice? And they're like, no, this is intramural football. And I'm like, yeah. live, full contact, Some 11 of those on kids 11. were all Americans in high school. <laughs> they were good, man. Do they have any trainers or anything going out there? Uh, they recruited a couple kids from Enoha. Yeah. Coach, yeah. I just, Rudy, I was just in Italy. I just coached football in Italy. Yeah. We'd go to practice. We wouldn't have a trainer. We wouldn't have anything. Some of the players had their pads duct taped together. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. I said, no ice. There's no ice anywhere. There's no ice in Italy, I don't think. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, you know, guys would sprain their ankle or something, and then they get that whatever that's called, canned ice, and spray it on them. Holy cow. So you coach, you had to teach football to them. Well, they know it. They know it. They've been playing American football over there, but you know, um, yeah, it's fun. It's, it was a great experience for me, but yeah. Yeah. When I was in the Navy, I spent a lot of time in Italy. Oh, did you? Yeah. That's fun. Hey, let's talk about what you're doing now. You're doing, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's tell everybody. Cause I think this is really cool. Well, this this is where, I'm a, I speak for a living, right? This one company. Yeah, right. Being to speak. Let me get this here. So let's talk about that. Um, you know, your dairy and up in. Yeah. And so this that. dairy guy brings me in to speak. Yeah. To his team. So I go there. In fact, his office is right by Lambeau Field, Green Bay Packers. That's right. The frozen uh, tundra of Lambeau. Yeah. Field. And uh, so I developed a relationship. And um, the trainer of the Packers, Pepper Burgess, Burgess, mm-hmm. Pepper, 30 years, he was with the Jets, but it was 30 years with the Packers. We had a relationship. Uh, so we got to go inside the locker room, all that, just building relationships. And and I developed this relationship where we met farmer, milk farmers. Yeah. I don't know that they were in that big of trouble. And the guy's telling me, uh, how the milkers aren't going to be around 25 years from now. Oh. I said, why? And he's got like 8,000 heady milks every day and 2,000 babies, right? Jeez. I said, wow, dude, this is not good. He says, no, the almond milk and the oak milk and all that goofy milk that's out there is not good. Uh, it's just water. I said, wow, what they need is good milk, and we have to throw a lot of our good milk away. So I'm going to build a cheese factory on my uh, grounds here, I'm going to use that milk instead of throwing away, make cheese. And uh, then you guys could sell it. It's a great, great idea. And so that kind of went to the next level. Uh, I get a phone call out of the blue from a guy who uh, put together the formulation for muscle milk. And he was like 300 pounds and he worked for uh, NASA. He was a scientist. Uh Uh-huh. He did all the nutrition. 
and he called me out of the blue one day. I don't know who he was, what he was, but he started, I knew who Muscle Mouth was. Yeah, right. And he starts telling me how he adopted this young kid, young boy from Guatemala, how Rudy and Muscle Mouth gave him a dream. He grew up to be 6'2", 250 pounds because of Muscle Mouth, and he went from 300 to 180 pounds. Uh, so we're going on, I said, well, I'd like to interview you on my podcast, so I did. We got into the scientific stuff, I said, you know what? You need to speak to my farmers out in Wisconsin. So I would love to. So I put them together. And when I put them together, it was kind of cool. They all hit it off. He was looking for a very innovative farmer, right? Mm-hmm. A farmer, uh, I'm trying to see here if I can find him. An uh, innovative farmer that uh, would want to step out of the box and look at different things to do with milk, like mother's milk. When you first have your milk as a baby, it's your mother's milk. All the that's nutrition. right. Yeah. yeah. And he said, that's what he wants to do. Uh, I said, wow, that's cool. And he says, I could formulate that for you guys. And we, we can make this a, a deal, right? I said, great. So anyhow, here's some of the new labels. You could see them. Can you see these? No, not really. Not really? Okay. No. And I'll send you a text. Yeah, text it to me. Yeah, yeah I'll text uh, it to I'll you. check it out. But anyhow, we've got the labeling, the bottling down, the feed down. Now we're going to start feeding the cows and the cows. So it's what you feed the cows. He he made he, he invented this mixture. The feed, right. Yeah, a feed. Uh, a okay. feed for the cows. And then they eat it and then it transforms. They eat it and the, they produce. Yeah. They produce the good milk. Also wow. produces good meat. That's right. <laughs> to the cow system right that's right that's a right double, double thing here because sometimes the cows they go to the slaughterhouse after they're all done what do you do with that good meat that's you right that now. yeah yeah so you yeah. were the connector between the dairy man and the scientist well it's kind of like the movie i was a connector for the movie yeah i connected all the guys for the movie to make the movie happen right from the hotel manager. How long did that take to, let's start with the years. movie. How long did it take you to connect all the writer, the producer? Ten, the, ten years. Ten years. So ten years. did you actually, you just had the idea for the script. You didn't write the script. No, I don't know how to write a script. Yeah. And then you just had it that pulled. idea. Were you it afraid started. that they were going to steal it or anything? No, like I, I had the story. No one had, no, I, I, I went through so much. It didn't matter. I just love telling the story. Skip Holtz. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was coaching at Notre Dame. Right. And he would have a like a coaches meeting at his condo on the deck every Thursday. Uh-huh. And I was his neighbor. Okay. I was putting a movie together. He would have me come over and meet all the coaches, tell my story. They all loved it, right? They thought yeah. you were nuts, but yeah. they loved it. Barry Alvarez approached me. Yeah. And and Barry says, and I was and I was running a car dealership. I went from insurance to running a car dealership and I was in charge of uh, the cars for the coaches. Okay. Yeah. So Barry calls me, he needs a car. I said, all right, I'll bring it over. And I bring his car over. He said, man, that's interesting what you talk about. So yeah, how's that going? I said, well, it'll happen. I believe it. It'll happen. So what are you going to do coach? When you get out of, you're not going to coach at Notre Dame all your life. No, I'm going to be a head coach. Yeah. And I'm going to make that movie. He says, you know what, Rudy? 
this is a true story. He says, well, I'm a head coach. I want to show that movie to my boys. There you go. Yeah. And we shook hands. Now, in 1996, I get a phone call from him. And he's the head coach at Wisconsin. He's playing Ohio State. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is a big game. If they win, they go to the Rose Bowl. Yep. Right? All right. So he brings me in, and he says, don't let anybody know you who you are. We're going to bring all the guys to the movie. We're going to end up us. We're going to movie there. We're going to show Rudy. I said, these guys aren't going to like that coach. He said, just trust me. We'll be fine. <laughs> they were grab assing on the on the bus, you know. Yeah, right. And uh, so we go to there's still chatter, a lot of chatter, and the movie starts. All of a sudden, went silent. Then you hear sniffling. Oh yeah. Felt the emotion. Yeah. To me, don't tell them who you are yet. I said, I won't, Coach. He said, We're gonna get in the bus. We'll go back to the hotel. I'm gonna give some housekeeping, and I'll introduce you. Is that fair? I said, Yeah, Coach. So you're kind of nervous. You don't know. What yeah, yeah. You know. But these and the guys, players are looking like, who's this guy? No, they they just assumed you were a buddy of Barry's. Right? Yeah, right, right. But they love the movie. You can hear them talk about it. Yeah. And we get back to the Holiday Inn, and Barry has his housekeeping. So I got one more guy to introduce you to. You guys saw the movie. I'm going to introduce you to real Rudy. And I'm telling you, this room went silent. Totally silent. I said, look, guys, I don't know what to say to you. There's nothing for me to say. You're playing a big game. You know what to do. I don't have to tell you what to do. <laughs> I have to tell you what to do right now. We're in trouble. So <laughs> I don't have to tell you. You guys are ready. I can feel it. Yeah. And Bruce Flowers, big guy, stands up. He looks right at me. He said, I'm putting my life on the line for you guys tomorrow. He was a senior. And each senior stood up, right? Wow. So dirt. So uh, that ended. We go to the game, get ready, run the sidelines. There's seven seconds left in the game. Think about this. They're on the seven-yard line. If they kick the field goal, they win. It's tied, seven to seven. So Barry, they're on the hash, right hash mark. He calls this walk-on kicker. And he says, this guy's a good hash mark kicker. He says, go in there, kick us to victory. The kid goes in there. The offensive end misses his block. The kid comes in and blocks the field. Oh, no. Ends up in a tie. We're walking back to the locker room. I'm saying, I'm sorry, coach. Said, hey, Rudy, watch this shit, he says. Yeah. Watch what we're going to do here. I said, okay, coach. So that's Barry, right? Yeah. So we walk in. He says, get your asses up here. You didn't lose that game. You won that game. They were supposed to beat your ass. They didn't beat your ass. We won. They're going to get beat next week, and we're going to go out. We're going to beat Michigan State. We're going to beat Indiana. We're going to go to the Rose Bowl, and we're going to win the Rose Bowl. And that attitude went from doom to hope. There you go. And they won the Rose Bowl that year. There you go. And I got the football to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. that moment with Barry and my point is Barry had a dream. And we met at Notre Dame. Yeah. Telling the story in our dreams. And we met in the parking lot at Notre Dame and we shared our dream together. He says, when you're, I'm going to sh- share that dream with my boys when I'm the head coach. Now he yeah. didn't know. 
And when he got the job, he says, hell, I asked all my friends if I should take the job. They said, no, I'm taking it. (laughs) (laughs) We had a losing season. Oh, yeah. It was a great opportunity to build this program. And he knew exactly what he's walking in. in Oh, he did. Yeah. And he turned that thing around. It's still turned around. Yes, he did. He had great coaches and great guy. Yeah, he did. A great so you did that pretty much with this this milk thing too. You just connected the guy. Yeah, same thing. You just you know connect with the people and help yeah. people. My yeah. job basically let's help a guy out here. That's right. Let's help a guy out. You know, I love that. Him. You learned that from uh, your coach in in uh, high school at Joliet. You know, Gordy. Gordy. Yeah, Gordy. I'll never forget Gordy's painting at Eve's on his house. Yeah, he's up on a ladder, and I pull up to his house. Hey, Coach Rudy. Hey, Rudy, what's up? I said, Coach, I'm going to Notre Dame to play football. If anybody could do it, you can. There you go. You know? Yeah, you got to love that. That's coaching, right? That's coaching. That's why, see, if you know how to communicate to the kids and get to that level, see, what I don't like about coaches is when they demean a kid in front of their players or embarrass a kid. Yeah. Hey, it's a mistake. Don't worry about it. We have to move on. The leadership comes from the empowerment of that moment. Forget it. It's done. It's over. Got to move right. on. Got to right. move forward, guys. You're better than that. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Tom Brady's a great example. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm yeah, he did it against us a thousand times when I was like, sure <laughs> coaching at the Jets. <laughs> listen, I'm on an airplane and there's my middle seat's open. There's an old guy in the plane. You know, we're both old, you know? Yeah. I call we're old guys. The <laughs> guy wouldn't talk to me. And I says, hey, man, you got a Super Bowl ring on. Where'd you get that? He wouldn't say anything. I said, look, I played football. He said, you did? I said, yeah. I played for Notre Dame. He said, you played for Notre Dame? I said, yeah. I said, look, man, I only made a tackle. And they carried me off the field. That's it. And he looks at me. He said, are you Rudy? I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. My kid loves you, man. He had, <laughs> he's all about you. I said, who's your kid? It was Tom Brady's dad. Oh, there you go. Awesome? So yeah. you never know. It's like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. When uh, I met Kobe Bryant, if it wasn't for the movie Rudy, he would not be in the NBA. Wow. The lesson he took out of that movie. Look up Kobe Bryant, uh, Rudy. I will. I will. Yeah, I, will. I know your movie has inspired hundreds, said, no, of millions, millions of not only just football athlete kids, but um, just people. Lots of people. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's timeless. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And it's like Kobe said: uh, "If I get better every day, like you did, you didn't have any skill or talent, but you worked and you got better. Yeah, and you made your tackle." I have skill. I have talent. Where would I be 20 years from now if I did what you did? That's what I did, Rudy. Yeah. For 20 years, I got better and worked at it. And that's why I am who I am. Yeah. Everybody needs to hear that message. Because, you know, some kids are born with the it factor, but then they sit on the couch. And some kids are born with the it factor and their coach sees it in them and develops it. And they, they become... Simone Biles or Michael Phelps or, you know, they become who they should be, who God wired them to be, you know, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady. But some kids, there's, you know this, coach, 
or Rudy, there's a lot of athletes that should be playing somewhere, but aren't because they either weren't inspired or whatever. They just, they just, well, here's why I think you'll relate to this. Yeah. If you ever dream bigger than you, you'll make it. Yeah. If you don't have a goal bigger than you, you won't make it because it's easy to quit on you. That's right. It's hard to quit on your dad, your brother, your friend, your other purpose. That's what I had. I had a dream bigger than me. I was doing it for my dad, for my family, not me. And I wouldn't quit. Where would I? I can't quit on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the secret to that. I love that. I love that. You got to have a dream bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. Make it a God sized dream, then he'll help you get there too. So that's really cool. Well, hey, I am so glad to have the honor to have you on the podcast. And I'm honored to be to, with you, Coach. We're going to have to run this back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Once we get the new coach at Notre Dame, we're going to have to uh, yeah. we'll maybe do a rundown. I'll let you – we'll get you on the show and we'll do a rundown of the new coach, whoever that's going to be. It might get announced tonight. You never know. I think the kid, there's two guys I like to see get it. Uh, Iowa State guy. Matt Campbell. Yeah. Matt Campbell and or the guy from Cincinnati. Luke Fickle. Fickle. Here you go. Luke well, Campbell. I'm sure you know some people in some very influential positions, and you probably can make a couple calls if you no, want. No, no, you don't go <laughs> Leave that alone, coach. You're out of that business. You're out of that connection business. <laughs> Not that connect, because yeah. the athletic department at Notre Dame is different than the university. Yeah. Two different universities at Notre Dame. That's Notre true. Dame Athletics and the University of Notre Dame. That's very true. That's very and true. And I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good in the hood, though, it's right? <laughs> hey, well, God bless you, man. And uh, I just love having you on the show. And I uh, look forward to uh, running this back again sometime. You got it, Coach. Tell Sully we said hi. All right. I will do that. Right, Take coach. care. Rudy, thanks again for coming on the show. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate your your uh, heart for what you've done and what you continue to do. You've inspired so many people through your movie and your story. It's just a, it's an awesome feat that you've accomplished, and it's that fighting Irish spirit that you have that uh, you had before you came to Notre Dame, and then it just played itself out when you got to Notre Dame. So just love that. And it's still playing itself out to this day. You are continuing to rep, rep, rep. So that's what I love about this show. We get to figure out who's repping and how they're repping. So until we meet again, I love you, brother. God bless you. And keep repping. I am out.